On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla has issued a price drop on the Model 3. European Model 3 deliveries have begun. Tesla acquires a battery company. Joe Rogan makes good on his promise to buy a Model S and more. Welcome, friends. It is Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, the 184th edition of this thing for February 10th, 2019. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. To my left, Daisy the Boxer Puppy, who is currently underneath a blanket, just kind of chilling out, as she does sometimes. Got plenty to talk about on this week. Almost never a dull moment in the world of Tesla. That's why if I were going to make a podcast about any car company and do it weekly, and do that weekly podcast religiously, just without ever skipping a week. Boy, Tesla's the one to do it. There's almost never a slow week. Uh, and this week, a very, very exciting one for uh, some European Tesla customers. Congratulations are in order for uh, those of you in Europe who have taken delivery of your Model 3. The first European Model 3 deliveries started this week. After the Glovis captain, the ship came into port. Pictures posted online on social media all over the place that Tesla picked up and and shared out themselves. So I invite any of you to call in, or you can write me if you want, whatever's comfortable for you. But I'd certainly love to hear from you with your impressions on the car, because again, you know, I've said this before, but those of you in Europe have a have a unique perspective on this. Not only in this in the sense that your countries are different than North America and just the 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 the, the roads themselves are different, uh, but just the, the culture is different. You know, Tesla might have a very different connotation there. Like in Norway, it's wholeheartedly embraced. You know, in in Germany, it's uh, seemingly you know from afar anyway seems like kind of more of a rival to, you know, this this American rival to the BMWs and Mercedes and Audis of the world. And uh, so, yeah, I, the, the European perspective on the Model 3 is, I think, extremely important and it's extremely valuable and extremely of interest to me. So, yeah, I'd just love to hear from you guys. Plus, not only all that, the cultural stuff, the geographic stuff, but just the fact that all of you have had to wait You've had to wait a good, you know, year past when, uh, I mean, technically more than a year, but really, you know, for all intents and purposes, about a year after the uh, delivery started. Because actually, you know, now that I think about it, looking at the calendar here, February 8th, 2019, as I write this, the first deliveries for the the non-owner reservation holders. So that was, I, I was in this group. I just, I don't know why I remember this. Maybe because the date is just all twos. It was February 22nd is when the, uh, the first batch of invites went out to configure your Model 3 in, in the U.S. for people that weren't a Tesla owner already, not an employee, so that the actual people, just the brand new people, people to the Tesla family could configure. And so, you know, those folks, the first batch of those cars, uh, the first batch of them were delivered 
you know, late, late February, early March. So it is effectively about a year uh, that that uh, the Europeans have had to wait since since Americans really started getting the cars. So yeah, I'm, I'd love to hear from you guys. Enjoy them. Be safe. Have fun. Happy electric motoring. And I hope to hear from you sometime to uh, to hear your perspective. Lots going on elsewhere in the world of Tesla this week, topped out by the fact that Tesla has acquired a battery company. Yes, Tesla, the the uh, leading battery producer on the planet, or at least, uh, well, it's got to be real close overall. If not, if they're not the leader, has acquired Maxwell Technologies. This uh, news coming. Via Tesla Rati, hat, hat tip to them with reporting from the street. So Maxwell Technologies, a California-based maker of ultra capacitors and batteries. The deal will reportedly be an all-stock transaction valued at around $218 million, with Tesla buying Maxwell's 45.9 million shares for 475 a share, a 55% premium over blah blah blah. Maxwell specializes in the development of ultra capacitors. Prior to its acquisition by Tesla, Maxwell had been working on developing dry electrode technologies that could be utilized to create ultra capacitors that can store large amounts of electrical charge without losing energy. A breakthrough for electric cars and energy storage devices. Now, uh, the CEO of Maxwell, Dr. Franz Fink, told The Street, quote, We are very excited with today's announcement that Tesla has agreed to acquire Maxwell. Tesla is a well-respected and world-class innovator that shares a common goal of building a more sustainable future. We believe this transaction is in the best interests of Maxwell stockholders and offers investors the opportunity to participate in Tesla's mission of accelerating the advent of sustainable transport and energy, end quote. Tesla issuing their own statement, of course, saying, quote, we are always looking for potential acquisitions that make sense for the business and support Tesla's mission to accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy, end quote. Well, uh, let's let's look at this for a second. I mean, Tesla is widely believed. I'm not going to say it unequivocally as a as a blanket factual statement, but hey, let's (laughs) just couch it a little. Tesla is widely believed, certainly by me. Uh, and a lot of other people, to be the leader in the world in both battery chemistry, at least certainly, at least in the automotive sector, uh, as, you know, we do know factually that Tesla's vehicles are more efficient than their battery electric vehicle competitors, uh, but also a leader in costs, battery costs. We know Tesla won't say, you know, that, you remember that from the, the conference call was a week or two ago, that Elon was asked that sort of directly and said, hey, that's proprietary information. <laughs> We're not going to give that out. But uh, Tesla believes, as, as stated, that they believe they're the leader in battery costs. And the other part here, we also know how vertically integrated Tesla is. That's, that's really what I think is interesting about this acquisition. Tesla tends to do things their way. And they tend not to weigh themselves down with the bureaucracy or incremental progress of traditional other companies. So for Tesla to go external like this and to pick up a battery company, a capacitor company of all things to acquire, you know, Groman had the specialties in manufacturing and they're, you know, they've been a, a big part of 
the battery module and battery pack assembly at Gigafactory. But to for Tesla to go out and grab a battery company, that, that of course being Tesla's strong suit, that to me tells you that Maxwell must really be on to something good. So who knows how long it's going to take for anything that Maxwell is doing to actually make it to market with Tesla. Maybe two years? Less? Five years? Ten? I don't know. But I think this has some really exciting possibilities for the long term of what Tesla and its mission is, as you heard. You heard that mission statement hammered home by both Maxwell and by Tesla in their respective statements. The other big news this week, Tesla has lowered the price on all three models of their cars by $1,100. That is uh, that is not insignificant. Now, the reason for the price drop, according directly from Tesla via a statement they gave to Electric, hat tip there, they say, quote, primarily as a result of ending the referral program, which cost far more than we, re- than we realized, Tesla is able to lower the price of the Model 3 by $1,100. Now, the Roadsters are one thing, and hey, I'm not trying to sweep the, that whole thing under the rug. They're, <laughs> they're, they're giving away a good handful of Roadsters, uh, present company included. But the thing is, the thing I would point out is that the Roadsters cost Tesla nothing now. And remember, the reason I say that is because remember that the the razor-sharp focus of the company right now is maintaining profitability in what Elon has already said, just said it on the call, their earnings call, is going to be a very, very tight first quarter of 2019 from a financial perspective. So I think the more immediate cost savings are probably realized from, from not just the supercharging that they're no longer giving away free periods of, you know, the six months worth anymore. But also, you know, you've got the $500 radio flyer kids model S cars. You've got the $500 high power wall connectors. And then for the the folks that were able to get three referrals, uh, you've got the wheels for S, X, or three, which, you know, that that's thousands of dollars. Those are not cheap. And then, of course, the Powerwall, if you make it to five, if you'd made it to five referrals, that's also thousands of dollars a piece. Now, granted, that's, you know, even retail is, I think, I think $7,000. I didn't have that in my notes, but that's going off of memory. I believe Powerwall is a $7,000 product. Tesla's cost is not $7,000, but even still, their, their cost is definitely in the thousands of dollars on that. So, you know, you add it all up, average it out. And that's definitely going to translate into savings that can be realized right now. And, uh, hey, good on Tesla for passing that along to customers. I mean, that's fantastic because you might, I mean, you might be wondering, hey, if, if the profitability possibility, that sounds like the name of a band, profitability possibility, or maybe something on conjunction junction, I don't know. Anyway, uh, But if that's even slightly in doubt for Q1, you might be thinking, well, maybe for the health of the business, Tesla should just pocket that $1,100 savings to help ensure a profitable Q1 for the short and long-term health of the company. And and again, I think that's a very, very valid question to ask. But there was a quote from the earnings call last week, and I played it on the show. 
but I'm going to play a little piece of it, just a little slice of it that I think uh, really, really sums up Elon's position on this. Just to remind you from last week, here's what Elon said. Uh, well, we need to, to, to bring the Shanghai factory online. I think that's, that's the biggest variable for getting to um, 500k plus a year. Um, our, our car is just very expensive going into China. Um, you, you know, we've got import duties, we've got transport costs, we've got higher cost of labor here, um, and uh, and, we're, and and we've we've never been eligible for any of the uh, the, the, the demand for. It's important to appreciate that the demand for Model Three is insanely high. The inhibitor is not is is affordability. It's just like people literally don't have the money to buy the car. It's got nothing to do with desire. They just don't have enough money in their bank account. <laughs> if, if the car can be, be made more affordable, they will. The, the, the demand is extraordinary. Real quick, I realize I need I need to catch myself and and correct myself. I said that the price cut was on all three models, and I apologize that it's not. It's uh, not on SRX, just on the three. But still, huge news. Still super relevant. Now, uh, so you heard that quote from Elon from the earnings call last week, and now couple that quote with this another quote from the earnings call last week, and I think you can see Elon's position on why he and the Tesla team have chosen to lower the cost of the Model 3 by $1,100, uh, you know, along to consumers rather than pocketing that money. You might not agree with it, either as a, a shareholder, investor, or even just a fan, but here it is. You know, my, my guess is it ends up being um, sort of about the, you know, it's six of one, half dozen of the other, um, where, you know, if, if, if there's a given amount of free cash flow, you can sort of decide to either decide to achieve that with a smaller production or a smaller volume of cars or uh, at a higher margin or large volume cars at a smaller margin. I think we are towards the, the second. Um, we'd rather make uh, more cars at a lower margin. Um, but I think it's more or less a flat trade. All right, the next story this week. Now, I've often categorized the ongoing fight to legalize Tesla's ability to sell their cars directly to consumers as a state-by-state battle in a nationwide skirmish. Well, this week, another battle may be won. This is good news, and this one in New Mexico. Another tip of the hat to Tesla Roddy for this story They write that a piece of New Mexico state legislation to amend local automotive franchise laws through a Tesla bill, specifically allowing vehicle manufacturers like Tesla to operate as a dealer and sell direct, was approved by the Public Affairs Committee last week. Now, Senate Bill 243 passed and advanced to the Corporations and Transportation Committee. After another review and vote, the bill will advance to the Senate floor for a final vote if successful. As Tesla Roddy notes here, that appears likely given the political party makeup in New Mexico right now. Here's a quote from Meredith Roberts, the senior policy advisor and counsel representing Tesla. Uh, This is a quote from the panel hearing. She says, we're not here to upset the franchise model. It's only additive. Uh, Now, the, the language of this bill as Tesla Roddy notes, supports its position via uh, the, meaning Tesla's position, be, because of the fact that it's, it's very, very narrow. It's super specific, allowing 
It's going to allow direct sales only if the following three conditions all apply. One, the business does not have any existing franchises in the state. Yep, Tesla's not, not in New Mexico yet. Two, the business sells and services only vehicles that it manufactures, exactly as Tesla does. And three, the vehicles sold must be electric and powered by batteries or fuel cells. Well, check there, no problem. So those three conditions, uh, again, are pretty darn specific to Tesla. Uh, the, not a lot of wiggle room there for anybody else, but I'm glad to see that this one appears to be on its way to passing, but nothing is certain until the ink dries on that, on that final vote. So who knows what opposing lobbyists might be cooking up to try and kill this thing. And, and I, I say that just sort of with a bit of a, of a sigh, um, not to be pessimistic, but rather to, to remind you in a polite, friendly way that, Hey, if, you know, if you support this, you know, if, if you're in New Mexico, if I've got, uh, whatever my New Mexico listenership is, if you've support this, so you can spare a few minutes, contact your state level representatives and just politely, respectfully, but enthusiastically show your support for this bill. Again, it's Senate Bill 243. So good luck to New Mexico. It looks good, but it's not done until, like I said, until the final vote is cast. Next up this week, Joe Rogan. You remember, of course, his uh, outstanding interview with Elon Musk that was over two hours and, uh, you know, I think unfortunately remembered for uh, the the uh, marijuana smoking meme that it generated uh, that that one photo that that's uh, you know you see it all over the internet now. But the fact of the matter is, if you actually listen to that interview, I played clips of it here. It was a phenomenal interview. I mean, Joe, as I said it on on the show about it, Joe Rogan did just a, an absolutely stellar job of having a just down to earth real meaningful conversation with Elon Musk. And at the time, you know, so Elon, I think showed, or he told Joe that he should get a Model S. Like if, you know, if, and Joe's a big car guy. Uh, you're going to hear in a second. But Joe Rogan, big gearhead by his own admission, loves cars, old, new, you name it, big car guy. And so he did, he, he finally, he went out and bought a Model S P100D it's black on black. Posted a picture of it. It's it's gorgeous. The car looks great. And uh, he was talking about it on his podcast again this week. Actually, on a couple of different occasions. Hey, it's it's clearly on his mind. This this car, this brand new car. And that's and it's not. And as you'll hear, it's not just any new car. So here's the first clip of Joe. Uh, one of it. One of the other people on his show asks him about it. And here is Joe Rogan's response to what he thinks of the Model S P100D. Did you get a Tesla or are you just driving yeah, around? A te- oh, I got one. Tell yeah. me, how, how do you like it? Do you Preposterous. Like- mm. I had to get one. I told yeah. Elon Musk I would get one. Guy did my podcast. I own a solid. Mm-hmm. I'm a man of my word. Uh, it's a spaceship. It's the weirdest thing I've ever driven in my life. It doesn't even make sense. It's not even... It not even there's not a single car that I've ever driven that's even close to as fast. Nothing. Like, my Porsche is so slow. I have a GT3 RS. It has 518 horsepower. It weighs 3,000 pounds. It sounds like a dragon. 
and that Tesla would leave it in the dust. I mean, leave it in the dust, like zero to 62 seconds quicker. Oh, Jesus. It's insane. Uh, first of all, real quick, if it sounded a little odd there, like like your headphones cut out or it skipped, uh, it's trust your ears. You, <laughs> you're not wrong. I did a little, uh, I had to cut out a little crudely because I'm not a professional audio or video editor. I had to uh, snip out a couple of profanities out of that because, hey, this is a family-friendly podcast after all. I, I want you guys to be able to listen to this with the kids in the car should you so desire. But anyway, you heard there Joe call the Model S preposterous in, in the best of ways and note that his Porsche feels, quote, so slow by comparison and the Tesla leaves it in the dust, which he repeated for emphasis. So... Love hearing that. And again, uh, now, uh, I want to play, I've got a couple more comments on this, but I want to play you two more clips. First is how Joe describes the acceleration of ludicrous mode in the P100D. The thrust that you get is a roller coaster ride. It's insane. I mean, you can't believe how fast it is. It doesn't even, it literally doesn't make sense. It doesn't seem right. It seems like, like it's punching its way through a wormhole. Punching its way through a wormhole is one of the best descriptions I've ever heard of a Tesla acceleration. I love it. Now, one, I've got one more clip for you here where Joe gushes about the 2020 Roadster and about Elon himself. The guy's got ideas that are of a, a magnitude that dummies like you and me are never going to come up with any of those ideas, ever. If we lived a thousand lives, we would never figure out SpaceX. It's just not in our wheelhouse. That Tesla Roadster that's going to come out that goes 0 to 60 in 1.9 seconds and, and looks like, like a spaceship, like a, like a race car spaceship from the future. We're not doing that, dude. We need people like that. Those guys are super important. This, this guy is a, he's like a, a culture changer, like a legit culture changer. So the point of sharing this for me is to show the power of Tesla. And certainly you heard the literal sense of Joe's reaction to the literal power, but in the cultural sense as well. Joe Rogan is not a Tesla guy. He's not. And I don't say that with any kind of judgment attached to it. Zero. His reaction as someone, you know, he is, he is new to the world of Tesla and he's just dove into this car and he is being blown away. I mean, you, you, you heard it. So his reaction is what it's like to be introduced to Tesla in the most grandiose way possible today, which is currently the P100D. I mean, this is what Teslas do to people. He, he's a car guy, but not a Tesla guy until now. Now he's a Tesla guy. He called his Porsche slow by comparison. And it's, you know, it's not for nothing that Joe Rogan has millions of listeners who, you know, plenty of them are probably like Joe and that they've heard, maybe heard about Tesla, but they've never driven one, never really thought seriously about one. But, you know, they're going to, they'll hear that from Joe and think, well, gee, maybe this guy's a gearhead. I, like, maybe I'm a gearhead like Joe, but man, if he's saying this Tesla's in, insane, I, maybe I should check it out. So it's, that's a good thing. It, it, that has, that P100D has, uh, has has won over not just Joe, but potentially a lot more people than that. And that is very important to the mission of Tesla. So uh, good on Elon for, for convincing Joe Rogan to get a Tesla. 
Uh, next story this week. This one uh, hits close to home for me. Spoilers for the P3Ds are finally on the way. Uh, emails started going out this week. Now, I I still haven't received one, but uh, they're starting to go out. In fact, I even, the day that I saw online, a couple people forwarded it to me, and then I saw it posted online as well, that spoiler installs are getting scheduled starting, in fact, uh, this weekend. Uh, I, I actually happened to be nearby. I was out doing an errand, so I, I stopped by a service center because I was right near one, and I just... I asked, and they unfortunately didn't have any information for me. They took my name, and you know, I, I don't know if anything will will come of that in the sense of speeding up the process. But actual emails are going out; installations are getting scheduled, and uh, that is good news. Now, those emails read: "Great news! Your carbon fiber spoiler is available, and we are ready to install it on your Model Three. Confirm a time to visit us on date and address." And we will complete this complimentary installation in about 20 minutes. Please confirm your address below so we can be ready for you. Or please confirm your attendance below so we can be ready for you. Uh, that's good stuff. I mean, it's it's been over six months now for the earliest P3D owners, uh, uh, which of which I am one. So I'm I'm very happy these spoilers are finally coming. Now I I know it's a small thing. It doesn't actually do anything. It's totally a cosmetic thing, but you know, and in the grand scheme of Tesla, in the grand scheme of things, it's it's minuscule. But you know, hey, I I I am who I am. I'm a person. I value and appreciate those little touches. It's why I tweeted at Elon back over over the you know the spring last spring, saying, hey. All the other performance cars have painted red brake calipers. Can we get those on the performance model three and the aluminum pedals? It's just, I like that little stuff. I like those little touches. So I'm very excited to get my spoiler and badge. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's going to be good. Hopefully I'll get that email and get that set up soon. It's, you know, the technically, technically my car was only like 99% delivered when it was delivered to me. Now I've that pretty soon it'll finally be at 100%. But yeah, so if, if you're a performance model three owner, be on the lookout for an email soon. You can touch base, you know, feel free to touch base with your local service center. See if maybe, you know, you might be able to, to beat the email to the punch. See if they happen to have them. You might be able to sneak in there a little more quickly than by waiting for email. Uh, and I will let you know when I get mine on there. Finally this week, Tesla has opened up a merchandise store. They've opened up a, a digital storefront on Amazon. Go to amazon.com slash Tesla to take a look at it. Now, they don't have everything that the shop.tesla.com site has, but they've got a uh, they've got a decent collection of stuff. Scale models of all the cars. They've got a hoodie, they've got a jacket, a couple of hats couple of cell phone cases and a mug. So, you know, it's it's apparel. It's lifestyle fun stuff, none of the none of the sort of car stuff. And I would I would imagine that Tesla looks at this as an totally as a win-win because Tesla is trying to minimize all costs. So, hey, this this merchandise thing that's got to be like respectfully pretty darn low on their priority list as a business, they can offload that to Amazon, who is the worldwide household name 
when it comes to selling things online. People know Amazon. People, uh, I think, by and large, trust it. Maybe you know, not everybody likes Amazon, but you know that that. It, but in general, people will be able to order Tesla merchandise with confidence via Amazon. And and of course, I mean, I'm sure Tesla has to give Amazon a cut of the action, but it's probably worth it to Tesla to not have to manage as much of that themselves. I would suspect that if all goes well for Tesla in this, that Amazon uh, might start stocking even more stuff. Maybe more of that uh, Tesla shop might, might make its way over to the Amazon shop. Stuff like the wall connectors, the car covers, and other uh, big, bigger ticket car accessories. You might see some of that. So check that out if you are interested. That wraps it up for the big news stories of the week. Stick with me because the Ride the Lightning hotline is back after uh, you know taking a, a week off last week because of the, the big old earnings call episode. So I've got a ton of excellent calls queued up from you guys here. I'll get to those in just a second. Welcome back. It's Ride the Lightning Hotline time. Of course, I invite you always, if you've got a question, comment, discussion topic about Tesla, call me. I would love to hear from you, put you on the show. Uh, Keep your calls to a minute, minute and a half tops, please. And there are two easy ways to reach me. You can either use your smartphone's built-in voice recorder and just email that recording to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can call and leave a message anytime, day or night, on the Ride the Lightning hotline. It's a toll-free number, and that number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And hey, if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted, or you can put them onto a keepsake. If you want to learn more, visit lifeonrecord.com. Real quick uh, show note reminder here, too, programming reminder. The Patreon-exclusive bonus episode for February has gone up. The topics include Tesla versus Alfa Romeo, tire rotation service, the neural net of autopilot, uh, how to recognize good Tesla service to the you know higher ups in the company, uh, ref- the ref- a refreshed SNX, etc., etc. Uh, if the uh, if you hear your name here, the callers this on that episode include we got Anthony from Southern California, Joe from New York, Lawton from Chicago, Travis from Carlsbad, Ron from Nashville. Brad from Church Falls, Chris from Orlando, Gary from Chicago, Gil from San Diego, and Michael from Baton Rouge. If you are one of those people, I am more than happy to give you a a free private download link so you can hear your own call, uh, even if you're not a a Patreon backer, so just reach out if uh, you're interested in that. But otherwise, uh, for those of you on Patreon, I hope you'll check that out. Let's get started with this week's show from Japan is waiting for Model 3. So uh, he's curious about that very topic. Sho, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. I'm Sho from Japan. Possibly I'm going to very first listener who post message to this hotline. I hope so. I have been started to be a listener maybe half a year ago. So I'm not an owner of Tesla, but super looking forward to getting Model 3 in the future. 
and also really enjoy your podcast as we don't have this sort of community in my country yet. Anyway, I have had a lot of questions and requests to test Japan indeed, but、uh, let me get straight. Do you have any idea or perspective when can we get Model 3 in Japan? As far as I know,、uh, we can place pre-order for Model 3 in Japan now, but there is no clear estimated time for it. Unfortunately, we need right-handed model for Japanese customers, and probably it has been just the beginning for Europe market recently. And assuming Tesla's highest priority for Asian market should be China or Hong Kong rather than Japan, we have only a couple of Tesla retail stores in Japan, and sadly, car lineup has been limited to few varieties for X and S, I think. And as you know,、uh, there are some automotive giants like Toyota, Nissan, and Honda in Japan. But actually, we are really behind in transition for EV industry due to some reasons like we are dependent for hybrid and gasoline cars in Japan and no positive aid by government for EV. I'm afraid that. Maybe you have never considered about Asian market yet, but I really appreciate if you or any other person in this community happen to know about this. My question. Anyway, thank you for your great job. I'll keep to wait your post going forward. Bye. Show. I think you might be my first caller from Japan. So thank you and welcome. Now, as you correctly noted, the holdup is due to the fact that Japan's a right-hand drive country. And reservation holders in right-hand drive countries have been seeing their delivery availability estimates change to a just generic 2019, which is obviously not quite the best sign. Now, to the best of my knowledge, Elon last spoke of this 10 months ago, meaning、uh, right-hand drive, when he tweeted, "Probably mid next year before we are able to make right-hand drive. Wish it could be sooner." End quote. And so, that probably means mid 2019. Now, on the one hand, the standard battery seems to be pushed back, so you might think that that would delay the right-hand drive model as well. However, given Tesla's razor-thin profitability margins, so I talked about that earlier on the show. You heard about it on the earnings call last week. Tesla might actually decide to just go ahead and produce the right-hand drive cars. For markets like Japan, as well as the UK and Australia, among other places, and do that before they start doing standard battery cars for any region.、Uh, now, to be clear, I am just guessing on that.、Um, that is just speculation on my part. I I like to think it's educated speculation, but it is just speculation on my part because、uh, you know a. A high-margin dual-motor Model 3 sold in a right-hand drive market might do Tesla more good in the short term than a left-hand drive standard battery car sold in North America. I mean, in other words, I guess another way I'm trying to say this is right-hand drive versions and orders and deliveries might buy Tesla a bit more time to get their costs down on that standard battery version. I wish I could be more helpful, more concrete than that, but that's the best I can give you. Show, but nevertheless, I, I thank you so much for your call. Thanks for calling in,、uh, Meth from Sri Lanka, a first-time、uh, caller, long-time listener, has an idea for the Tesla pickup truck that we've been hearing more about lately. Meth, go ahead. 
Hey Ryan, this is Mesh from Sri Lanka, long time listener and first time caller. Um, congrats on your result also buddy, you deserve it. Um, what I would like to talk about is a feature that might come in handy for the future Tesla pickup truck owners, which is the ability to set up virtual batteries inside the main physical battery. So what I'm proposing is the ability to create and resize virtual batteries for each subsystems of the car. Subsystems meaning the drivetrain, heater, MCU, power outlets, and so on. So what you do is you create a virtual battery of say 60 kilowatt hour in your 75D and then dedicate it entirely for the drivetrain. And then you create a second 5 kilowatt hour virtual battery for the heater so that you do, you do not drain more than 5 kilowatt hour for the heat just as you wouldn't drain more than 60 kilowatt hour for driving. On the other hand, when you are charging, you can program the virtual battery to charge in proportionate to the actual physical battery being charged or to charge one virtual battery after the other depending of course on your preference. Um, Tesla already kind of partially mimics this feature when they refrain the aircon from draining the battery below 20% if I'm correct. But I guess what I'm asking for is the option to program the energy allocation ourselves. Um, that's my two cents. Thanks for your time. Bye. Well, I think this is a really cool idea. And as you noted, it would be particularly useful for the pickup truck when somebody is working out on a job with it. You know, you mentioned virtual batteries for the HVAC system and the drivetrain itself. But when I heard your idea, I thought more about the onboard plugs and things that Elon has said that the pickup might have on it for when you're using powered tools or other powered devices out in the field. That's where I could see it being useful. For instance, if you hit the limit out, uh, for that day, which would pro presumably be intelligently set by the car to, to make sure you have enough juice to get home, you'd have to manually override it to give that functionality any more juice, and then the car would make it explicitly clear to you that you would need to charge before you can make it home. So sometime on your way home, you got to stop and plug in. Uh, great stuff. Thank you so much for that call. Josh from Phoenix is next and wants to talk about Tesla's software and the sort of potential uh, with third-party apps. Josh, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. This is Josh from Phoenix, Arizona. I have a discussion item I'd like to bring up for the podcast. Tesla is one of the leaders in automotive software by far. Uh, their ecosystem is set up for faster application deployment than many other manufacturers. Their over-the-air deployment model seems obvious, but very few have figured out how to do this as well as they have. However, they still have a far way to go with their software. I'm curious if you and your listeners would be willing to help fund additional applications from Tesla or th from third parties. This idea came to me when I heard about Randy Post being hired by Tesla to the track mode. Now, Tesla gave that software away for free, which I'm sure everyone would like that model to continue, but I think we're all aware that it's not very sustainable. What if Tesla offered additional software modules as add-on costs, like an app store? A few things I could think of right off the top of my head that people would probably like, and including myself, would be something like Waze, um, the audio system tuned by your favorite musician or engineer, better phone integration like Android Auto or Apple CarPlay that many of us miss uh, in the Tesla side, additional track modes for their sportier cars like Drift Mode by Ken Block, uh, more games to play while supercharging, etc., etc. You can kind of see where I'm going with this. 
I think Tesla already considers itself partly a software company, but I feel if they had a separate revenue stream, they could do so much more here. Love the podcast and appreciate all the time you put into providing great info for the community. Uh, I look forward to uh, your comments and uh, any from the community as well. Thank you. Well, you're right, Josh. Tesla is definitely also a software company, and I think they definitely see themselves that way. And here's the thing. Uh, You and I have spoken off the air, and I know that you're a bit newer to Tesla, so you might not actually be aware that the original plan was to have third-party apps. In the original Model S UI, there was a tab there for apps. It uh, obviously never got anything added to it, and Tesla eventually removed it from the UI, but I think you're on to something And, you know, as Tesla grows and the fleet grows, I agree that it still makes a lot of sense. Hey, bring Pandora in, but make it a revenue stream. You mentioned Waze, Apple CarPlay, etc. I think it's a good idea, but it would likely require a lot of infrastructure to be set up at Tesla. And, you know, if we're realistic, given the belt tightening that's going on right now, I I can't imagine it would be a realistic proposition anytime in the immediate near future, but... Hopefully they're thinking about it for some time down the road. Hopefully they've got it on their roadmap. Albert from Toronto is up next. And in fact, the next couple, uh, yeah, Albert's call, and then we'll hear from Cam in Spanish Fork, Utah. These are replies from a couple weeks ago to Jeff from New Jersey, who is having some cold weather issues. So there's a couple of good suggestions here. First, from Albert in Toronto. Hi, Ryan. My name is Albert. I'm calling from Toronto. I wanted to address some of the questions you had regarding the cold winter. We just uh, had a really cold winter in Toronto, and I got my Model 3 in June, so I really enjoyed it in the summer. There's a few things I wanted to mention for people who wanted to know a little more. So first of all, you had a caller, I think it was Jeff, that was asking about the connectivity. I didn't have an issue with losing connectivity. I only lost connectivity once with with the extreme cold. And what I found is opening the trunk, which actually starts the car, help me reconnect. So that's one thing that uh, I wanted to mention. The other thing concerning the door sticking, that is a problem. There is a video on YouTube from the Tesla Model 3 Owners Club in Toronto that shows you how to apply silicone silicone lubricant on the rubber around the door. That also makes it a little less sticky and hopefully helps a little bit. Uh, One thing that was recommended to me by one of the Tesla employees at the service center was to leave the the seat down on the back driver's side to allow the air to circulate, especially to the charge port, because the charge port also got frozen. I got that issue a couple of times. Um, so that's one of the challenges of the winter, I guess. There's a couple more things. The range, if you look at the range on the top of the screen, is wrong. It's, it, will, it can go down by up to 30%. And a good idea of how to get the range is actually to look at the app center and the energy tab. That will actually show you the, uh, the, ch- the range that you have on your car. That's much more realistic. It's calculated based on your driving and, and the conditions around you. And finally, just as a tip, I haven't heard that before on the podcast. You may have mentioned it, but if you if you swipe up on the little app center at the bottom, it'll actually open up the last app that you used on the app center. So I use that all the time. Since I rely on that for the range, I rely on the energy tab. When I swipe up, it shows me the energy. So hopefully that can help some of the users. And actually, one more thing. when you try When you go to a supercharger in the morning after a very cold night, it can take up to 20 minutes before the charge actually starts because it has to charge the battery. So not the greatest for the winter, but I still love my car and I wouldn't change it for anything. Thank you very much. Love the podcast. 
Wow, Albert, that call was absolutely packed with really useful, helpful cold weather information. Thank you so much for that. I have no doubt that Jeff and hopefully plenty of other people will appreciate the tips about the trunk and the silicone lubricant in particular there. Uh, backing Albert up with more excellent cold weather suggestions from, from uh, first-hand lessons learned, we've got Cam in Spanish Fork, Utah, uh, or actually, no, sorry, this one, you know what, I may have goofed a little bit. This one is about uh, the Wi-Fi thing, uh, which was, yeah, so not cold weather per se, but uh, Jeff having trouble connecting to his car when it's cold. So uh, Cam with a tip on that. Hey, Ryan, this is Cam from Spanish Fork, Utah. Just calling in regards to, I believe his name was Jeff, asking about Wi-Fi connecting to his Model 3 and it not waking up from the app. I uh, just wanted to note that I had an issue as well with this. It was, in fact, that my car was getting a signal through Wi-Fi. It just wasn't strong enough to really be able to connect to the car um, or send the message through, I guess, that I was trying to connect to it. So I threw an extender up in my attic to be right next to the car ever since. I have no issues unlocking the car. Um, I don't think it has anything to do with the cold. Just make sure that you have a good Wi-Fi signal. Um, you can always test that through something like uh, speedof.me or fast.com, and that'll let you know whether or not you're getting a good enough signal. Um, anyways, love the show. Thanks for everything. Uh, keep up the good work. Take care. Excellent suggestions here, Cam. Uh, and yes, the SNX do have this as well. Thank you very much. Let's go now to Joe from Anchorage, who is struggling with Summon. See if we can help Joe out. Hi, Ryan. Joe calling from Anchorage, Alaska. I have a couple questions on the summon feature. I'm really struggling with getting into my garage. I've got the bumper clearance set to 8 inches and the side clearance set to tight, but I still have to start and stop it sometimes 20 times before I get it all the way into the garage. It usually comes out fairly easily, but getting it in there is a challenge. I notice that sometimes if I put Wi-Fi on, it helps. And I guess that's my second question. How can I keep Wi-Fi turned on all the time? Right now, when I get back home, uh, pull up to my house, I have to manually turn Wi-Fi on for it to connect. It doesn't connect automatically. If your listening audience have has any tricks, I'd love to hear it. Thanks, Ryan. Keep up the great work. Thank you for your call, Joe. I wish I could be of more help here, but uh, this is going to be another one where I'm going to have to ask the audience. And be it's because I can't really use Summon to its full capabilities because I live on a hill and Summon doesn't yet work on anything but pretty flat ground. And I'm, I'm on quite a hill. But when I, when I have gone to use it, uh, or when, when I do use it uh, in, in flat places, I've actually seen the opposite problem that you have. It's not every time, but often enough, I'll be standing right next to the car with a good Wi-Fi signal, like in my garage. Sometimes I'll use it in my garage where it's got the Wi-Fi signal to move. I need to move it a little forward or a little back. And I'm standing right there and someone just won't link up to the car. Uh, as to your Wi-Fi not connecting until you hit it manually, that shouldn't happen. I'm pretty sure it it should just connect when it's in range, just like your phone or any other device would. In fact, after your call came in, the next time that I pulled my own car into my garage, I watched to make sure that it, it would pick up the Wi-Fi automatically, like right then and there, like on the, you know, in the moment without having to just 
have some huge delay or wait for it to try and connect with Wi-Fi. And it, and it did indeed hook up to Wi-Fi right away. So, um, you know, maybe try rebooting your router at home for the latter bit. I mean, I, I have to do that from time to time. You know, if the internet gets a little wonky and that rebooting the router, doing, you know, unplug it for like 30 seconds and then and reconnect and, you know, get a fresh, fresh connection that sometimes helps. But uh, yeah, if anybody out there has any summon tips for Joe, please feel free to call in or email me. Chris from Toronto has a solution for frozen windows that may be of use to people. Chris, go ahead. Hey, Ryan, it's Chris in Toronto, and I love your podcast. Just wanted to call in reply to a questioner, or an audience question, I should say, that came in about frozen windows on the Model 3. I have a Model S and a Model 3. Same problem on both, and really it's a simple problem to solve. When the ice builds up and stops the window from going down for you to open your door safely, and more importantly, maybe close the door safely, the point of adhesion is in the seal between the window and the door, where the window meets the door. All you gotta do is take one of those plastic cards from your wallet and just slide it in between the glass and the seal and just slide it across that surface and break the ice bond between the seal and the glass surface. Takes like 10 seconds per window, really, really easy. And um, I think that's just life with frameless doors. Thanks, Ryan. Chris, I love that. Thank you so much for passing that along. Uh, Nothing to add. That's just one of those, hey, there it is. That should be of use to people. That's good stuff. Regular caller Joe from New York. Always good to hear from Joe. Joe uh, went for coffee at, at, at Dunkey's, good old Dunkin' Donuts recently, and found a, there was a little surprise at Dunkin' Donuts for him. I'll let him tell you about it. Hey, Ryan. It's Joe from New York. So uh, I went to get to my coffee this morning at my local Dunkin' Donuts, and in their parking lot, I saw a brand new bay of uh, Tesla superchargers. It's not even on the uh, supercharger map as coming soon. So, you know, for anybody that says, uh, you know, Tesla's not moving fast enough, uh, they're putting up superchargers faster than they're even updating the map about the superchargers. So I am really excited about this, and uh, people should look out for superchargers near them. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, I followed up with Joe after that call for specifics, and he kindly told me, quote, the Chargers are located behind the Dunkin' Donuts at the Staples Plaza in Yorktown Heights, New York. And I checked tesla.com slash supercharger, and it's still not listed there. So it is. It's, a, it's an incognito surprise supercharger. It's, it's a secret. Only... Only uh, Dunkin' Donuts fans in <laughs> in uh, Yorktown Heights, New York, know about it. And now all of you guys know about it. So, Joe, thank you so much for passing that on. Let me go to Harry in Fort Worth up next. Wants to talk about the ventilated seats in Model S and Model X. Hey, Ryan. Harry here in Fort Worth with a couple of uh, reactions to the new trim levels out of the S and X. Uh, first, one more practical and then one more funny, and then I have a favorite to ask of you. So the more practical one is that now with the addition of a performance package that does not include Ludacris, we get uh, Model S and X with, with uh, the ventilated seats, the cooled seats, uh, at a much uh, you know, lower price point. Now, of course, you know, 120 grand or whatever it comes in is not cheap, 
but uh, it gets it to a point where people didn't have to decide, you know, if I wanted perforated seats, I had to go from, you know, the 100D at, at 110 or 120 well-equipped all the way up to the 150 mark or whatever it was. So I'm excited about that because, and please share that with the listeners so that people know that they can get uh, ventilated seats for not quite as big of a jump as they used to make. Um, and then the second is the, the more fun call out, and that is this means the return of insane mode, which I think is great. So performance without ludicrous upgrade will have insane. So we're going to have sport, insane, and ludicrous back in the cars, all three. Uh, and I just you know, I think that's cool. And then my, my ask on that is, man, you've got to get an Elon's ear and get uh, insane put in the Model 3 performance. I just, it's 3.3, it's in three, it needs to be insane. I know you know where I'm coming from on that. So, man, thank you so much for everything you do. We appreciate you and uh, enjoy the show always. Bye-bye. Thank you, Harry. You make a good point that I totally missed last week. Totally missed it. Love that you remembered this. Yet, insane mode is back. That's pretty cool. You know, it's a fair note on the ventilated seats as well. They came and went, and now they're back again, just like insane mode. I seem to recall that the feedback on the original incarnation of the ventilated seats being that they didn't cool you all that well. Now, I'm not that I'm kind of going off a memory on that from maybe either a couple people I talked to or a forum post or two or something like that. I I don't want to unequivocally say that that was a widespread complaint or criticism of those originals. But if it is, if I am remembering that correctly, then hopefully these new ones have an improved design to do a, a better job uh, on the seat cooling. But again, as for insane on the Model 3, you know, I I uh, actually have it in my notes for Elon, if I ever get the opportunity to get that interview, to, uh, I have a very, I have a slightly different request than yours. And that is this, instead of the Model 3 performance having its its driving mode being labeled sport, I think it should totally be, and I think I've said this on the show before, but I think it should be ridiculous for ridiculous mode, you know? just If, if we're keeping with the Spaceballs theme, we've got, <laughs> there's Insane, there's Ludicrous, we're going to Plaid on the Roadster. Well, the, mod, the P3D should be ridiculous speed, Right. They all that just literally change the label. That's just a quick UI change. That's all it is. That's all I'm looking for. Uh, thank you so much for that call, Harry. And the final call of the week, the honor goes to uh, Rollin from Atlanta. Wants to talk about Sirius XM satellite radio in the context, of course, of the Teslas. Rollin, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. This is Rollin from Atlanta. I was calling to see if you or any of your listeners know about the Sirius XM satellite setup with new Model S and Xs now that there is no panoramic roof option. The Tesla website states that you can get it, and I'm curious how they are installing it, and more importantly for me, if it can be installed on a one-year-old Model S. I opted not to get the panoramic roof, and Sirius XM is a feature I had on a previous car that I really miss. Thanks for all you do, and have thoroughly enjoyed your journey from episode one through episode 183. Look forward to listening every week. Take care. Rollin, thank you so much for the kind words. I sincerely appreciate that. The good news here is that SiriusXM is still offered on the new SNX vehicles, despite the death of the panoramic roof on the Model S. So 
they're hiding that satellite antenna somewhere on the Model S, probably up inside the top of the windshield frame there, if I, if I had to guess. And to be clear, I am just guessing. If anybody knows where the satellite radio antenna is in the Model S, and quite frankly, in the Model X as well, I don't, I don't know where it actually lives in either car. I would love to know. Call in or email me, and, and I would uh, be happy to, to educate myself and learn something new about the Teslas. So I actually don't know if you can get it retrofitted. And uh, I, I don't want to be pessimistic, but I will say I've not heard of anyone doing that. So I'm not sure if Tesla offers it, but in theory, it should be possible. It just depends how much of your interior Tesla would need to tear apart in order to do it. I would give your local service center a call and ask them See what they think or see what they say. And then, uh, again, let me know. Email me or call in again with whatever their answer is, including if they say yes, I'd be very curious what the price is, if you don't mind sharing that, so I could pass that along to the uh, the rest of the Ride the Lightning audience. Good luck to you, Rollin, and thanks again for your call. Thanks to all of you for your wonderful phone calls. Great batch of calls this week. That was some A-plus stuff. A lot of great topics covered there. So thank you all again. And again, I, I invite you. I welcome your calls. Give me a ring anytime. Again, either uh, you know 60 to 90 seconds tops. Record something on your smartphone and email it over, teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can dial in and leave a message on the toll-free Ride the Lightning hotline at 1-888-989-TS. LA. Be right back to let you know what's been going on with my windshield, along with the pro tip of the week and the final thoughts right after this. Well, real quick, I'll let you know that I still don't have a new windshield and the saga got a little weirder this week. I was finally able to get a hold of the glass company, but I had to, I decided I'm going to call my insurance company and see if they can get a hold of them. And that worked, which only led me to, (laughs) it only made me think that the glass people were intentionally not answering my calls. And then I, I got this whole strain. The guys, you know, spent like 10 minutes on the phone with me trying to, you know, basically talk me off the ledge. Just, But the whole explanation was super weird. I think maybe I'll just tell you about the whole thing when it's finally over because, like, on the off chance, I haven't said who they are up on purpose, you know, because I don't want to drag anybody through the mud uh, unfairly or at all, really. I mean, there's enough of that in the world. But um, anyway, it's, yeah, it's, it's still going. It's still very odd. There's still no ETA on my windshield. So I'm really no closer to it. I just finally got a hold of the the glass company. I mean, the, the one thing I will say is that I don't think that this glass company is some shady group of characters because I went and looked them up on Yelp. It's five-star Yelp reviews from hundreds of customers, including a whole bunch of Tesla customers. Like, there, there are pictures of just Tesla uh, replacement windshields and quarter windows all over their Yelp page. So they clearly do good work. It's but the whole thing's just bizarre. I'll yeah, I'll tell you the full story I guess when it's over. But and again, you know, 
I'm not going to pin the whole thing on the glass company, even though I think they're being a little weird. The, the fact is, I sh- this should be over. This should have been over three weeks ago. Uh, that's you know, this is an area where Tesla needs to do better. They need to catch up. They need to have a parts, a steady parts supply. And it should just be as easy to get glass replacement on a Tesla as it is on 99% of other cars in the world. And right now it's not, it's just not. Um, and that's, and that's not just me talking. I told you my, my boss who had the, his model S, the re, you know, the quarter window smashed and, you know, somebody went to, for a smash and grab, there was nothing in his car. They didn't, there was nothing to get. But he's had he's still he still is waiting for his quarter window to be replaced. And he his uh his incident is almost as old as mine. It's uh what do you tell me? He was early like the beginning of January. So he's over a month. I'm over a month. So yeah, Tesla needs to do better. And I don't know what's up with this glass company, but I just hope that when they do at this point, it's just please do a good quality job. Like don't know, you know, with a, a good, a proper part with no flaws in it. No, you know, perfect piece of glass and just install it flawlessly and correctly so that it's, it's good as new. Like it, you know, I don't know. I'll, I'll keep you updated. Uh, pro tip of the week this week is, a uh, it's a, it's a twofer from Chris in Orange County, another longtime listener, first time caller has a couple of uh, little quality of life things. They're actually both on the stalks, on your <laughs> your stalks on either side of your steering wheel there. So see if these are of use to you. Chris from Orange County sharing a couple of things. Hey, Ryan, this is Chris from Orange County, California, and first-time caller, long-time listener. Uh, I have two pro tips for you this week. The first pro tip is in regards to the automatic high beams. Now this feature can be turned on or off in the settings of the vehicle under the lights menu. And that is a toggle on and off, it says auto high beam. Now I've always wondered, mine's always been on and I've wondered why it hasn't worked. And recently I found out that you need to push the turn signal stock away from you and you'll notice an icon show up on the top of your screen next to the daytime running light icon. It'll be an icon with a light with an A in the middle and then that feature has now been turned on. So now your auto high beams will turn on and off at night in a location that's too dark for you to see. And when vehicles uh, come to pass you or vehicles are oncoming to you, the lights will turn off automatically. That's my first pro tip of the week. And the second pro tip of the week is in regards to the emergency brake. Now, obviously our car does not have an emergency brake, but the feature can, in an emergency, be activated if you press and hold the parking button while driving on your vehicle, and you'll notice on, on the screen, it'll show up and it'll say emergency brake applied. And that'll be your way to engage the emergency brake in case you need to manually do it in an emergency. Uh, those are my two pro tips of the week. Have a great week. Thanks for everything you do. And congratulations on the Roadsters. Those are good ones, Chris. I've actually used both of those myself, but I'm glad you mentioned them. With the uh, auto high beams, I may be crazy, but I feel like software updates have turned them off when previously I'd had them set to on. And and by off, I don't mean in the menu. I mean the stalk push that you referenced. So as Chris mentions, look for that, that auto beam, that headlight icon with the A in it next to 
the regular headlight icon to confirm that it's active and ready to automatically turn on if it senses that it's appropriate to do so. And yeah, I do use that parking brake on occasion, what with all the hills here in San Francisco. So Chris, thank you for your call. And uh, again, that'll about wrap it up for this episode of Ride the Lightning, the unofficial Tesla podcast. A reminder that Abstract Ocean continues to run their uh, discount code for listeners of this show. Use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout to get 15% off of your first order at abstractocean.com. They've got all kinds of stuff over there from, uh, you know, letter... P3D logos for if you want to do a badge, a, a different badge than the dual motor underline badge. They've got the TESLA trunk lettering, uh, the, the glass screen protectors, center console wraps in different different flavors, uh, electric, you know, lighting stuff, all kinds of stuff, abstractocean.com over there. Immaculate Reflections has taken very, very good care of my car in the detailing department. If you're a Bay Area person, Northern Northern California person, or you're taking delivery at the factory and you want to get some detailing done, be it new car delivery prep or paint correction, paint protection film, ceramic coating, any of that, all of that, you can uh, look up Immaculate Reflections at irdetailing. Dot com. Meanwhile, you can always email me anytime. Again, teslapodcast at gmail.com. If you're ordering the Jada wireless charging pad, it looks like I should have, I got an email notification, the, uh, the version two that's now shipping out. Uh, Jada is kindly sending one my way. Uh, again, I, I bought my first one and they're, they're being very nice to send me one. Uh, out of the uh, out of the kindness of their hearts here for me to check out and I will I'll give you my honest assessment of that uh, after I get it so hopefully that'll be in time I'll have that by next week's show but this new one is is designed uh, to better hold your phone in place because you know every model three accelerates very well <laughs> so you know that that bigger bottom lip should help but that's uh, that's what they're selling now it's the same you know they've just stopped selling the original version. They're, they're onto the 2.0 version. If you decide to buy one, I sadly don't have a discount code for you, but if you see it in your heart to use, uh, the, what the link I'm about to give you, they, uh, I'll get a, a couple of bucks cut if you use this referral link. So it's getjada.com slash R E F slash eight. And Jada is spelled J E D A. Uh, that's about everything. There's always Patreon. If you very much enjoy the show, you get a lot out of it and you see fit to support it. Patreon is the most appreciated way that you can do that. Find more information on my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. Patreon is spelled P A T. R-E-O-N. Again, I mentioned earlier on the show that the monthly Patreon-exclusive bonus episode is up now for folks uh, at the proper tiers for that. And again, that bonus episode is its where all of the excellent leftover Ride the Lightning Hotline calls go, and I answer them there, talk through them there when I don't have time for them here in the regular weekly show. And just a quick hello 
to all of the Patreon producers, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Matthew Para, Michael Lester, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Emotion Rentals, Tim Hyde, Marcus Mayenshine, Lee Sweet, Lars Hoffman, Peter Chalet, Rome Strack, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Luke Miles, Gabriel Salais, Jerry and Mary Smith, Brian Hope, Rick Sinta, Bill Royko, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Dory and Steve Guberman, Luxendary.com, Stig Mickey Jensen, Michael Waddle, Daniel Grummer, Blake Wiley, Tyler Van Gorder, Josh, and Jeremy. And hopefully next week I will add you. Yes, you, literally everyone <laughs> to that list. That would make for a long end of the show, but it'd be awesome. That'd be fun. Uh, anyway, yeah, thanks to all the Patreon supporters at all tiers. It is sincerely appreciated. You can subscribe to the podcast if you don't already, which, again, is simply uh, a free thing that you do on iTunes or Google Play or, uh, pardon me, Google Podcasts or Stitcher or TuneIn or Spotify or YouTube so that the show automatically delivers itself to you and you don't have to remember to go seek it out every Sunday. So uh, make sure to subscribe if you don't already. And I believe that will wrap it up for Ride the Lightning episode 184. There is a snoring Daisy the Boxer puppy to my left. As usual, she doesn't make it through the, the, the whole show. Thankfully, you guys do. It would, it would, uh, I guess I'd never know if you just fell asleep to, to the sounds of the show, but maybe that's a good thing. If, uh, you know, you have a little trouble getting to sleep. If I can help, if I can be of use in any way, even if it's helping you fall asleep, I'll take it. I'm just happy to be happy to be of use in your lives in some degree or another. So, uh, happy electric motoring, everybody. Thank you all so much for another hour plus of your time this week, and I will see you back next week. I mean, I think a Tesla... It's the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. <laughs> That's what it's meant to be. Well, our goal is to make it's it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. Mm. Make it's maximum fun. <laughs>